Ready Check Radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. Hello everyone, hello internet, welcome, welcome, welcome to Gaming Gumbo, Ready Check Radio's weekly gaming wrap-up show. It is Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern, so of course we're live, twitch.tv slash readycheckradio, and over on readycheckradio.com, R-A-I-D-E-O.com. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, head on over to the website, give us a follow, all the socials are there. Much appreciated for any support there. And uh, tell your friends, get them all here. And if you can make it to a live show, come on over, hang out, whether it's for one of our three uh, formal podcasts or any of the streamers streaming games. We've got it all here for you. All age groups, all games, all consoles, all systems, whatever. But today, we've got a lot of uh, gaming news. Before we get to it and introduce the host, though, just a show note for you uh, viewers that are here every week. We will not have a gaming gumbo in a couple of weeks here on February 12th. Uh, no show that night, nor, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, February 13th, Saturday, February 13th, nor will I have my stream Friday, February 12th. So uh, both of my things will be dark. Torchwick won't be here. Now, Liminality Carb, the... You know, all the other streamers that normally do Saturday and Sunday stuff, they'll still be live. But uh, my son and I and the rest of the family will be out of town. So no show on the 13th and my Friday night stream on the 12th uh, is also canceled. But today is not canceled. And I've got Mr. Jason Winter here to talk about gaming news with me. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well. You know what I did today? You know what uh, I did? Not decorate your background. No. <laughs> Correct. I did not do that. <laughs> I but, made a quesadilla. Oh, what all was in it? Yeah, just cheese and chicken. But I had uh, some chicken just, left over. Just a some... pretty basic. Yep, that's, that's what I would have done too. I don't like like a, a wrap bunch of for stuff my tacos. So I just like throw all that together and just poof, there it went. Was it delicious? It was very good. It was at least on par with Taco Bell. Nice. Uh, I don't think that's really a high bar. But... That's, that's, no, that's all I could shoot Taco for. Bell. Okay, that's all I could shoot for. <laughs> it's... Aim high, Jason. <laughs> also on the line, special guest host sitting in for Yod this week. Yod will be back uh, next week. Mr. Troy Blackburn, the noob fridge himself. What's up, sir? You know what I did today? I don't know. I had my wife make me a sandwich and played video games like a man. Wow. Did, with don't that attitude, her. did she come don't over? Don't tell and, her I said that, please. Yeah, I was going to say. She's, a, that, she's in the other room. She doesn't know. She with doesn't that know attitude, she come and slap you with the sandwich? <laughs> 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 she came over, just slapped you in the face with a sandwich and said, Fuck you. Oh, you know and Chad edible. has decided they are ratting your silly ass out. And right, <laughs> rightfully they should. Rightfully they should. they should. If anybody could find my wife uh, quick enough to tell her, it would be Q. It would be Q. It would be Q. Well, we've got a lot of news to cover and one or two uh, topics that I just want to bring to the table and talk about. Uh, Jason has mentioned his non-enjoyment with the VR world right now, and so I figure we'll talk about that a little bit, uh, get some different takes on it. Uh, and then we've got some uh, other interesting stuff, including Microsoft pumping those brakes real quick. Jason, what the hell are you doing? Like, why I, know, you... I mean, I felt, like, I felt like my camera was just like, I'm looking way too far up, so I'm just like kind of doing a live adjustment here. Man, it looks like real. Troy's sitting on the floor. Is my like, chair now or what? I don't know. Angle that down just a little bit Professional there, Professional level podcasting. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. So first off, some smaller news uh, from the EU Commission. Jason loves this type of stuff. Uh, fines coming through. For Valve and five different publishers of vi PC video games, 7.8 million euro for, quote, geo-blocking practices. Basically, the restrict restricting of games inside multiple areas or countries of the EU itself. Uh, yeah, you can region lock certain things, but apparently, Jason... 
you got to be very careful when you make a game available to one EU member and not others, or you put other restrictions in place going from country to country. Yeah, apparently this did uh, breach EU antitrust rules, and they got hit for them with some fines. The exact, what do they call it? The exact definition of what geoblocking was is, let's see. Geoblocking practice in the form of license. Where was that? <laughs> Hang on, I had it. I had it. God, we're so professional today. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so the five PC video game publishers uh, geoblocked Steam activation keys, prevented the activation of certain of these publishers' PC video games outside a list of countries in response to unlisted, unlisted consumer requests lasting between one and five years uh, between. Uh, September twenty September twenty ten and October twenty fifteen. Yeah, so yeah. It's like you said. The, the basic yeah. gist is like I'm in Romania, let's say, and these are just countries being picked at random, not in a specific real life example or whatever. Like, uh, let's say I'm in Romania and I buy a key for a game, uh, a Steam game, off of you know whatever. Pick one of your digital distribution platforms from Troy, and Troy is in let's say Germany. And there is some restricting of me in Romania being able to redeem that key because that key is specifically aimed at a German audience. Now, Steam bore the brunt of this one, Troy. It was multiple companies. They were Bandai Namco, Capcom, Focus Home, Cock Media, and uh, Zenimax. Of course, Elder Scrolls Online, right? Got to give some mm. bad news uh, <laughs> to, to Troy and I on the Elder Scrolls yeah. front. We've been enjoying that a little bit lately. Uh, again, and um, yeah, the total. So here's the interesting thing that I like: the total is 7.8 million euro, roughly. But that was the initial fine. They got reduced a little bit, a little bit, because out of those six names we just gave you, five opted to cooperate with the investigation. One Troy opted not to. Could you guess who? Let's see, who decided to pull an EA and keep saying, oh, no, 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 this isn't illegal. This isn't against your antitrust laws that you created in your union. Um, we're totally in the right here. Could it be the the one of the bigger companies out there who would see such a fine as a slap on the wrist, as in Valve Corp? Maybe. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Maybe Valve opting not to take part in the commission's investigation. They did not cooperate while everybody else had their reduction in fines anywhere from 10 to 15%, uh, Valve got its whole fine <laughs> of basically 1.624 million euro on this. Now, this doesn't even touch where some of this legislation might be going in the future, Jason, with potential loot box uh, regulations or fines, uh, particularly in the EU, which seems to be a little more aggressive in analyzing that whole aspect of gaming this is just for the actual selling of the damn product so yeah, yeah not not a good look not a good look I, I can't i can't pick like a good reason in my head while why valve wouldn't have cooperated or helped out with the investigation here like why wouldn't you want to know Maybe they took the stance that it's like, hey, if you buy the game on Steam, which is the service we offer, then this isn't, this doesn't violate anything. You're talking about people that are buying keys redeemable on our service from other vendors, other websites, and that doesn't have anything to do with us. But even then, I think just as a show of good faith, you take part in the investigation, right? Unless you want to not admit wrongdoing or open up your business to whatever sort of investigation they're going to have. Because if you look at it, too, it's like, like I said, 10%, 15%. So you look at you know, Bandai Namco as an example. They got a 10% reduction for cooperation. Their total fine was 340,000 euros. So their, their, their bonus for cooperating was 34,000 euros, which is, I mean, that is nothing to a company like that. Now, for Valve, 1.6 million would have been maybe a... 10%, 162,000, which again, I'm just in case you don't know, a euro is about equivalent to a dollar. So 150 to $200,000 for Valve to cooperate with this, but maybe they thought they, it was worth it not to. I mean, if, if that's what they thought, then that's, that's, that's a write-off. That, 
That's like Gabe's fifth house or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and the other thing is, I guess maybe the, these other publishers basically, Troy, threw, threw Steam under the bus, right? They were like, hey, these are terms that we agree to with Steam. Steam sets these terms, and we just agree with Valve which countries these Steam keys can be activated or not. We don't necessarily have the say in, well, we don't want it blocked here, or we don't want it blocked anywhere, or, or anything like that. So maybe there's an element of this was, they riled up the gang, and they got the five small ones to roll over on the big fish type deal. Yeah, and then, like I said, Valve to, to Valve, I find this size is coming across as almost nothing and they, they've made they've gotten away with it up until this point so maybe they're thinking as a lot like ea you know hey we've gotten away with it up to this point okay you're trying to make a thing out of it if we fight hard enough maybe we can still get away with it and obviously there's money to be made doing it or they would have just rolled over and be like oh yeah we shouldn't be doing that we'll turn that off now you know that won't be a thing yeah you gentlemen are definitely 100 percent correct in the p l for valve this shows this fine shows up under miscellaneous i mean it's it's just <laughs> it's it's not even in there as anything really important p l level miscellaneous why is that so high oh we had that fine oh, okay yeah that's fine all right whatever yeah. what, do, what, do you, what are you having for lunch <laughs> you're right that's what i was gonna say it's like half of the lunch budget for like next year so i mean, that or, okay. I, mean I mean think about what, what what was it what do they have now for games that are big like 20 percent is what they take off so like 20 percent of what they made for cyberpunk is probably like a lot more than this right you know. Speaking of cyberpunk, by the way, although Valve did not participate in this investigation, Gabe Newell did have some thoughts on cyberpunk that he shared. Mm. Okay. Because uh, we have to mention cyberpunk at least once per episode. Right? It's, it's, <laughs> in our, it's in our contracts. Yeah. Uh, Gabe Newell said, I have a lot of sympathy with the situation regarding cyberpunk 2077 that every game developer finds themselves in. There are aspects of the game that are just brilliant, and it shows a tremendous amount of work. It's unfair to throw stones at any other developer because just getting something as complex and ambitious as that out the door is pretty amazing. And while if you're working for Cyberpunk uh, or CD Projekt Red, I should say, um, you know, maybe that gives you a little bit of comfort. You know, here, hey, here's somebody coming to our side. But I, Troy, I can't agree with the statement. <laughs> Yes, no, it no, is uh, certainly ambitious and uh, complex to put something like cyberpunk uh, into the wild, get it, mm -hmm. get it up and running. But here's the problem. You can't say that it's unfair to throw stones at a developer who knowingly put something into the wild that, while ambitious and complex, was not exactly operational yet. Yes, I can appreciate how challenging and daunting the task was to put this game together. I can appreciate how daunting it is for any normal person to go and try and build a car, right? Let's build a car. But if you forget the fucking wheels, I'm going to complain that the wheels are missing. Yep. And, I, and I'm not going to tweet the, uh, the you know, engine installer about and tell them they should go kill themselves because my wheels are missing. I'm going to come after the company as a whole being like, why did you let this through? Why did you obviously push this through? You didn't do everything you needed to do, put this, put this out in the quality it should have been, which is exactly what happened. The management, the company as a whole, let all of those people who worked so hard on that game down, let all of the gamers who had already, even though you shouldn't pre-purchase this game and already given them money, let everyone down there's no coming to the to the defense of the company as a whole. They dropped the ball. They screwed up. They sort of owned up to it. Jason, do you kind of feel the same way? I mean, I get what he's trying to say here. It's like, look, they did a lot of work. I can feel for them. But to go and say that it's unfair to throw stones at any developer because just getting something as complex and ambitious as that out the door is pretty amazing – I can appreciate how amazing that is without also having to be like, well, now I'm not allowed to throw stones at it because of how ambitious the project was. Jason, that thing in your driveway you built looks like a car. I can appreciate that. I can appreciate the work that went into it, but it doesn't operate like a car. I I can complain that it doesn't work. Wheels are DLC. They'll be coming in three months. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but really, you know, Valve and Gabe Newell, they, 
they they're not just another publisher. They can't talk smack about Cyberpunk or CD Projekt Red because they make a lot of money off them. They're a partner. They're a business partner with with them. Because like I said, they get twenty percent of every sale on Steam. Now, if if CD Projekt Red wants to talk bad about Blizzard, yeah, they could because there's nothing between those two. But you don't want to, as Gabe, you don't want to say, oh, well, they screwed up and they're terrible or whatever, because that might affect not only the current relationship, but any future games that might come out that could also make a lot of money for Steam. So it's understandable that he wouldn't talk like this. But yeah, it is. It, it, I don't agree with the notion that you you probably shouldn't necessarily talk smack about another developer, honestly. Blizzard or CDPR shouldn't talk smack about Blizzard, but right. I, I get that it's it's at least possible if you don't already have that existing relationship. Um, by the way, Gabe Newell has been kind of hiding out in New Zealand, uh, just riding out this whole COVID thing. Must be nice, right? Mm. You know what? America's fucking up. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm leaving. He's probably only got three houses over there. I'm, no I'm uh, going to leave for a while. But while there, did a, he did an interview with New Zealand's uh, One News where he was kind of mostly talking about um, the the launch of Half-Life Alex, you know, the the VR game. Uh, but I'm going to give you an interesting little quote and see see what your take is on this. Uh, he also said, we definitely have games in development that we're going to be announcing it's fun to ship games. Um, when he was asked about the any future games themselves coming directly from Valve. Now, he specifically does say that these new games will be announced, which is kind of different from, you know, the recent history of they really don't announce anything until, hey, this is coming out next week. So we've de- we definitely have games in development that we're going to be announcing. It's fun to ship games. Any guesses, Troy? Don't say Half Life Three. If, oh if you God, do, I'm, I'm turning your camera Half-Life off. 3. Alex is the Half Life ga- Half Life game that you're getting for the next ten years, probably. So enjoy that. Um, God, another artifact, like something artifact two paywall boogaloo. Well, let me let me throw this out there because he also in the process again of talking about Half Life Alex did say yeah. Alex was great to be back doing single player games that created a lot of momentum inside the company to do more of that. Can I can I PR translate that for you? Sure. Uh, we tried to shove uh, a money printing game down your throat. And it didn't work, so now we're gonna go do something else. <laughs> well, you mean artifact wasn't well received, yeah, Jason? I mean, artifact. <laughs> you know, you say they don't announce games, but that's because you just have blocked out the artifact announcement. Remember that, <laughs> right? <laughs> or the ninety-eight percent dis- dis- dislike on the YouTube video of that or the trailer? Oh my god! I remember watching it. They came up there and they were like artifact, and it's a CCG, and they're at the convention, and they, the whole convention was like, oh. <laughs> Like just the deflation of it, but yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if they made some good single-player games, you know, or even just co-op, you know, like Left 4 Dead, that sort of thing. But yeah, not another CCG, not another mobile. I hope coming in 2025. Yeah, right. Well, that, that's the other <laughs> thing. That's the other thing. Gabe's like, it's fun to ship games. Like he's yeah. just like, it's fun to ship games. We ship games. Ship ship. Game. No, you, no, you don't. You don't usually ship Left 4 Dead 2 remastered, almost high definition. <laughs> Almost HD. Almost HD. We're approaching 2K. Il Senor Gentile, thank you. Or Gentile, depending. I don't know how you want to pronounce it. Thanks for the follow. Welcome to Ready Check Radio. Uh, Speaking of high-profile personalities like like Gabe Newell, Newell, uh, we got another one that's coming back into gaming. This is uh, Peter Moore, formerly of... Oh my God! If I got to read the guy's resume, right? Uh, EA, uh, Microsoft, Sega—you know, particularly of the Xbox side of things. Uh, so he a while ago left. Those of you might remember, he left the gaming world and decided to just you know go manage a football club. Go manage a football club. Uh, so he's been doing that. Uh, chief executive of Liverpool Football Club for a while. They did one. Uh, they won the Premier League in 2019, 2020. So. There we go, and that was their first champ uh, in 30 years, so maybe he knows a little bit about what he's doing on that front. But he's coming back to gaming, and I don't know if this is exactly where I would have thought he'd go. Uh, According to his own tweet, hardly the biggest news of the day, but I'm delighted to announce that I've joined the incredibly talented team at Unity 3D. 
as SVP and GM of Sports and Live Entertainment. Delighted to be reunited with so many industry friends as we work on some really cool stuff. More to come. So first off, what the hell is the GM of Sports and Live Entertainment when you talk about it in the terms of working directly for Unity, Jason? Like, what the hell does that mean? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really, I, the only thing I can think is like maybe something to do with like optim- selling the engine or optimizing it better for sports games or something. But yeah, I mean, this, I, I think it's, like, it's amazing though that, yeah, I haven't worked for EA. He, like, you know, probably played FIFA and then like actually ran a FIFA club. That, that was probably the coolest thing anyone's yeah. ever done. But. Oh. Actually, not. Yeah, he is. He is a bit of a. He is a bit of a little bit of a wild card personality, Troy. Somebody that I mean, you, you either really like him and you think he's funny and and what and zany, right? He got the whole tattoo uh, for the release date. What was it? Halo, tattoo. Halo Two, or whatever. Um, he says he's you know, still has it. Nobody's seen it in a while, apparently, but yeah. he talks about it. So I, I don't know. I. I'm sure this is a, a good score for Unity, who has been on the come up for for a few years now in a row. Um, whether you like the engine itself or not, that's your own personal. But it's like it's 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 a good grab, right? Yeah, I mean, are you going to develop games? Are you putting out games now? Are you like Jason said? Are you just sort of tweaking your engine more towards sports games? Uh, probably. If they're, if they're trying to tweak this engine more towards sports games, that means they've really got to nail that loot box side of that game engine down <laughs> and get that perfect for these sports games because that's what they really are nowadays is loot box games. My it takes a professional God. who's run a real football club to do that. No wonder when I'm making the schedule for the free-to-play cast on MMO Bomb, I don't put you two on the same show all that often. I would say Troy's even more cynical than I am. You're just both say. the most cynical dudes in the world. In he the is. World. He, he's got me beat, i got to admit. We'll have to keep an eye on it. I mean, there's not a lot of news on it now, but Peter Moore now with Unity. And since we've been talking about Half-Life Alex a little bit here, I thought this would be an appropriate time to delve into a little bit of a topic here. Jason rolling his eyes already. Uh, We're going to talk about VR uh, and everybody's experience with VR because, Jason, you've mentioned in a previous show that you're not generally a fan, and I'd like to get into a little more about why on that one. Uh, And then we've also got some common problems, right, with with VR that uh, a number of outlets have talked about, including the Washington Post and maybe what can be done about those going forward. So I guess we'll just get the elephant out of the room first. <laughs> Jason, I know you're not a fan of VR. Why? Uh, multiple things. Uh, the cost, of course, of a headset is, is pretty prohibitive as it is. Um, the fact that I've never felt, I've never worn one that actually feels comfortable to me. Like I've, I've worn two different ones. I don't even remember what they were. I think one was an Oculus, the first one I did at a, convention about five years ago and then whatever my nephew had which i might have been a vive i don't remember but uh yeah they're not comfortable they're expensive i I, the quality of games is just not that great in general like it's not like i can't get the same quality and the same experiences that i get by playing normal pc games or console games and it's just that to me is a big deal that that's probably the biggest deal overall like if 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 i can't get a game i'm going to really enjoy if i'm getting generic shooter x because that's all they can do with the floaty hands or whatever and that's just not something i'm going to be that interested in uh oddly what they talk about in that article the whole motion sickness thing that's not an issue for me that, that's one thing i've not had any any problem with but yeah in general it's just it's just an inferior product the only thing it's got going for it is that it's it's fancy you get your you get your head inside the thing and i will admit when i played elite dangerous at that convention a few years ago when they set me up with that it was really cool I won't deny that it was an awesome experience after you have, you know, looking to my left and seeing the console there for the ship and this and that and the other thing. It felt really awesome doing it. Just everything involved with it that was required to get it to work like that just turns me off completely. Troy, are you kind of in the same boat? Because I, I have, I personally own the PSVR. I bought that when it released. And we own uh, Oculus Quest 2. We got that for Torchwick for, uh, for Christmas. And I'll tell you what, I love both of them. I am leaning now more towards the Oculus Quest 2, but that's just because the the PSVR has got its own technical limitations. 
cost, yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue that. With the the PSVR, obviously, it's not just spending the money on the headset, but you have to have the PlayStation 4 or the PlayStation 5, which you have to use the PS4 camera through an adapter for. It's a whole clusterfuck right now on using the PSVR with the PS5. Uh, but you do need at least a PlayStation 4 console, and then you're probably going to want to buy the Move controllers for the that came out for the PS3, so that you're not, you know, using a regular PlayStation controller. Uh, and then you do have things like the Vive and and stuff like that that have to be hooked up to a computer and a lot of room. I will say that the Oculus Quest 2 doesn't require any of that, which is very very nice. It's the headset, it's the two controllers. The only thing you need, and it's not even required, it's just if you want to, is to hook up a regular pair of headsets to it to, uh, to, to really immerse yourself in the sound. But even without it, it's playing the sound through the headset itself. Uh, downside, you have to have a Facebook account. We knew that was coming when they <laughs> bought uh, Oculus, even though the owners of Oculus at the time said, no, that's never going to be the case. Well, now both of them don't work there anymore, so Facebook just does whatever the hell it wants. Um, I loved HR. Uh, I loved um, Half-Life Alex. I, I thought it was a tremendous game. If you got a chance to play it and you got a chance to go through it because you had VR, it was a tremendous game. It was immersive. It was good-looking. It, it did all these great things. I can't tell you the amount of time we've had to charge the the Quest 2 over and over and over again because the family's just playing Beat Saber for hours and hours and hours on end. It's immersive. It's fun. Yeah, it is a little cost prohibitive. I, that's going to come down over time. We're already seeing that. The Oculus Quest 2 runs, what, three and $400 or four and $500 with no other investment uh, on top of that. You don't need a high-end gaming rig. You don't need a console. I think we're going to see more of that. I am like a huge VR guy. Now, am I huge enough to say this is the future of gaming, Jason? Like some of, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm not there. But as a gamer, I really am high on it. I do enjoy it quite a bit. So we kind of got opposite ends of the spectrum there. Where do you fall, Troy? For all the advancements that that uh, technology has made, it's still got a long ways to go before it really starts appealing to uh, a larger general audience. Uh, cost prohibitiveness aside, um, just the technology in itself. I am physically unable to play one of those for more than five or ten minutes at a time. I have a hard time with Warframe on my flat screen PC right now. I remember so, you playing, what was it, <laughs> Blade and Soul, and just the wind walking sequences when you mm -hmm. would, you, the, and they were just full motion, like you didn't do oh, anything, yeah. it was just like a cutscene when you clicked on it, and even those made you motion sick. Yes, so as far as that, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, they're terrible because they make people motion sick. No, I'm extremely susceptible to that kind of stuff, so I never blame a game when I get motion sick, because it doesn't take much, trust me. Now, that being said, I have had headsets on for you know, like I said, five or 10 minutes at a time, because I'd be around people who had them. I want to see this. I've got to see this. I've got to admit, like Jason, when I put a headset on and I'm sort of, they put me in like some kind of fantastical room or something, and I'm just looking around the room, I'm going, holy crap, you know, I had to prop myself up against the couch just to make sure I didn't like move and hit something. I was like, because I really kind of felt like I was there. But the moment I went from beyond just kind of taking the tour, looking around, and you started doing things with floaty hands and trying to reload a gun that just wouldn't line up no matter what you do, and then guys would like move weirdly across the screen and the way pixels would move around you, I just totally lost all immersion. I, I get more immersion out of playing Elder Scrolls Online on a flat screen 1080p monitor than I do with a virtual reality game right now because the technology just isn't there to get me where I would want to be to enjoy something like that, even if it didn't make me sick instantly, which is not the headset's fault. And in, a, in the Washington Post article that they, they wrote recently, they do talk about specifically that, that being a huge uh, deal for a lot of people is the whole motion sickness thing. Mm -hmm. And to your point, they've talked about, hey, a lot of game development gets around that by putting you in a room. There's no mm -hmm. motion. There's just, mm -hmm. you know, the head motion because the sickness usually for a lot of people uh, is exacerbated uh, by motion visually without body motion. Your character walking, and visually you look like you're walking, but your body knows it's not walking, and that throws off equilibrium and things. There are other factors, of course, with motion sickness, but that's prim the primary one. 
they've also played with uh, focus. So, like, if you are a wide receiver in a VR football game and you are running out to catch a pass, that act might make you motion sick, the running out to catch a pass. So it's kind of obfuscated by putting a focus on the ball so that you don't even really focus on the fact that your frame of reference is in motion. You're focused on the ball coming in. So they can play with tricks like that, but I don't know if you ever really overcome that obstacle, Jason. You may for, let's say, 20% of people, and I don't know what the stats are, I'm making the number up, let's say 20% of the people that would put on a VR headset get some type of motion sickness. You may be able to cut that to 5 8%. But I don't think you ever overcome this obstacle without hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars of equipment to put you in one of those things that you can, you know, the, the omni stands where you can mm -hmm. actually walk and run and stuff. And now it becomes a whole nother problem of where do you store this thing and the room and it just compounds itself at that point. Physical accessibility. You're going you're gonna to have those issues. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, that's something I was thinking of. There's just, you know, the way that my arm is now, not being able to move it around as much. I probably couldn't play like the VR fishing game that I had at my nephew's as well as I did you know, when I was there last year. So that's another issue. But when you talk about things like all the compensation they have to do for the motion sickness and whatever, it's like, yeah, they, they do all that, but then that makes it kind of a worse experience for the rest of us. Like we mm -hmm. want to be able to have that moving around action, doing whatever we need to. It, it'd be like, it's good that games have like a, like colorblind mode. But this is like forcing you to play colorblind mode, even if you're not colorblind. So I just, it's something they have to overcome if they want to get past that uh, that issue. Yeah, I still have to have my brothers over to check out the Oculus Quest. They've been over and checked out the, the PSVR when it first came out and everything. I will admit that that has just gained more and more dust over, over time uh, on top of my bookshelf there. But the Oculus Quest 2 uh, is seeing a lot of love right now. And with it being self-contained, I think that makes a, a lot more sense as, as a virtual product. I, I am hopeful for the future of VR, that it just gets better and better and better. But at the end of the day, I'm also, I've been a businessman. I'm realistic about it. It is not going to take over PC or console gaming. It's always going to be this ancillary method of gaming uh, and there's only going to ever be a select few companies in it at a time. I don't think you're ever going to see you know, the VR explosion. As much as I personally am not bothered by motion sickness, I don't mind the floaty hands, I know why they do it. it yeah, it looks weird, but I, I get why they're doing it from a design decision. For all of its flaws, maybe I'm just overlooking them, Jason. You know, just saying, you know, I like this, so I'm going to overlook these flaws. I'll admit maybe that plays into it too. But I am a huge VR guy. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm going to start streaming some Oculus Quest 2 here. You know, uh, that, that's the other thing I was thinking of those, because I've watched people stream VR games, and I'm like, you're just playing a game. So it doesn't, it doesn't, it can't translate over to streaming, because I'm not, I'm not in my 3D and my VR headset. So. Even that's not that entertaining to me. So, Troy, you had something there. I was just gonna say, like, imagine we're in a world now where, like, you're streaming your VR game, right? And in order to watch that to get the experience, I have to put on my VR headset <laughs> to watch your stream in, in 3D. <laughs> and then, essentially, we are three years removed from Demolition Man style sex. Uh, with Sandra <laughs> Bullock and, you and Sylvester Stallone. You don't need the VR sensor. You just need like a six monitor array of like three by two. So every time the guy looks around, you can see around through all of that. Yeah. All right. Let us know what you think about VR in the comments below. What are some of your favorite games? If you can't play it or you don't want to play it, why? Let us know in the comments below. Uh, Tencent. Making some moves. We talked a little bit about this on the uh, free-to-play cast over on MMOBomb.com, so you can check out that uh, episode. It's on MMOBomb.com now and on its YouTube site. But Tencent making some moves in 2021, Jason, picked up a lot more property than they had in, uh, uh, in 2020, sorry, than they had in 2019. Is, it, uh, is Baskin Robbins 31 flavors that they're, they're shtick? Yeah. Uh, I think is, so. is it 31? I don't know. I don't know the number anymore. Oh, wow. But yeah, we're yeah, gonna yeah. look this up because yeah, I think I think that's it. So I think so. 
So I guess that means, uh, yeah, 31 is in the logo. So I guess that means now Tencent is the Baskin Robbins of gaming because they invested in 31 different companies in 2020. Which is like I three screen, times screen, what yeah. they had done the previous year. Now, yeah, we yeah, all I know like the Funcoms and Jaeger and Leu and stuff like that. A lot of these are smaller uh, Chinese developers, probably more on the mobile front than anything, Troy. And forgive Troy, I'm sorry here. You you and I just talked about this yesterday on the free to play cast. So it's okay to duplicate any of your points. Um, I didn't hear it. That you want to. Yeah, that's why it's okay to duplicate it. We'll tell Jason our points. The other rumor right now is that they're considering a debt financing deal to make some type of big acquisition. Uh, the target not identified, but expected to be a gaming company in, U in the U.S. or South Korea. And on top of that, they announced yesterday that they have picked up Clay, makers of Don't Starve. So if you were worried about Tencent being part of the games you play, they already are. And they have just become more so. <laughs> they doubled their. I was like, I was just looking back today because we talked about it yesterday. I was like, well, you know, what what are some of the things they sort of accumulated along the way? And there was just such a list of stuff that they bought up. They doubled stake in Universal Music. Uh, they they bought you know Digital Extremes, different game developers bits and pieces here and there. Supposedly, all we ever hear is they don't interfere. They don't interfere. They just look for things that make money, and they're like, oh, we'll take some of that money, and we'll take some of this money, and we'll take some of that money. Now, what really goes on behind the scenes and what they do and do not press, we will never really know for sure unless something explodes uh, and somebody wants to spill the beans. But they're just out there, man, just taking chunks of everything everybody makes. Like Q brought up yesterday, uh, half the time now, if you if you got a movie that's going to be released in China, you watch it here, you see Tencent in, in, the, in the credits at the end because it's going to be released over there through them. Like they are freaking ever. They've got their fingers in more stuff than you would ever guess. And more stuff that you already participate and pay for than you would ever know. Then you get the flip side uh, of the same report, Jason, which talks about mobile gaming uh, and then goes on to talk about the Indian government actually banning 46 <laughs> Chinese mobile games and 220 <laughs> Chinese apps overall citing national security as a reason for the move, which Nico Partners claimed was devastating to India's rising stars in esports. I guess things get a little bit different when you share a border, right? Then yeah. than, than when we're separated by an ocean. I mean did did we ever actually ban TikTok? Wasn't that the plan someone was trying to do? That was the plan. Somebody yeah, I don't think that actually happened. But yeah. I mean I guess it's it's about, you know, they're them getting uh, data from Indian people, so that's probably what the security risk is, so to speak. But I don't, I don't know. It, it seems a little, little much to me. I guess. What big company are they buying, Jason? Like, take a guess. Oh, jeez, that's right. Because I was not a cast yesterday, so I, I didn't get to guess that. <laughs> yeah, like, Troy and I gave our guesses. We'll give them again for. I mean, for the, was, it was really good, though. Actually, I remember now. I remember the conversation. Though. I think Nexon is a pretty good choice because they were up for sale. Yeah, last year. Well, that and was the that was never... the whole reason that I said I didn't think it would be them, unless mm. because Tencent was in in on the negotiations to try and get them at the time, and the Nexon founder CEO said, you know, the price isn't right, and walked away, and then didn't sell. Or maybe the price is more right now. Well, exactly. That's right. the point I brought up on the cast was, <laughs> I mean, unless he sat down and was like, no, no, I really want to retire, and um, I shouldn't have walked mm. away from that. Let's go mm. back. Uh, but we didn't hear any rumors of a debt restructuring or a debt financing in those potential talks to prep for that buy. So that leads me to believe that it probably wasn't needed for that buy. Mm -hmm. So maybe somebody a little bigger. Troy, I know you put one out there that's just, I think, is outlandish. Oh, yeah. But. Yeah, I, just fences. I was just thinking, how crazy would it be if they just stepped in and picked up Activision? Like, that's that's a company that's large enough you would have to do some restructuring if yeah, you wanted you to definitely acquire. would now is activision really for sale no I, I doubt it very seriously they seem to be despite their lack of any games that are worth a flip lately um making money hand over fist because call of duty is a thing uh and those people just keep buying that crap you know but it would be interesting to see them swoop in and pick up something like that now giving their track record would they swoop in and just buy the whole company that's the thing no they don't seem to do that a lot they they want 30 percent 40 percent 50 percent you know just enough to make the money 
Yeah, and Blizzard, oh. Activision Blizzard's kind of making its own moves right now with, uh, what is it, Vicarious Gaming, you know, becoming mm -hmm. basically Blizzard East now, and so they won't be working on their own stuff anymore. They'll be working on stuff Blizzard assigns to them. So you got a lot of movement inside Activision. I, uh, the reports now are that they're working on a Diablo 2 remake, which I'm kind of happy about considering the way that Blizzard went ahead and fucked up its own Warcraft 3 re remake, Jason. <laughs> All right, they got to get someone in there who knows what they're doing, right? That would be the plan. That would be the plan. Because yeah. not anybody who works at Blizzard anymore, obviously. My guess, by the way, was Perfect World Entertainment. I thought that mm -hmm. was big enough that you might need a little bit of a, a restructure or a refinance to, to free up capital and cash on yeah. hand. Uh, and fits the portfolio very, very well of the types of companies that Tencent likes to pick up. Lots of PC games that are live service and loot boxy, uh, lots of mobile uh, presence in the mobile space. So that was my guess. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, yesterday, or no, not yesterday, the uh, day before, the 21st, uh, was the Resident Evil showcase revealing information on Resident Evil Village, uh, of course, it's upcoming game. And then some other fun stuff for you Resident Evil fans as well. Are, Troy, are you a Resident Evil guy? Do you enjoy the uh, the series? Throughout the history of the series, no. But I do enjoy the lore. I've enjoyed a game or two of it. Uh, I'm actually going to go back and play 7 now because a lot of the stuff that I... I didn't really pay a lot of attention to 7. I was more looking at like the 4 remake or whatever. Right. But when they were when they were showing the the stuff for Village, I was like, oh, this looks like really cool. And they're like, you know, it's not as good in 7. Not everything is in 7. But a lot of where they're going with 8 kind of started in 7. So now I'm going to go back and I want to see sort of this version of Resident Evil from 7, kind of when they started getting these ideas going into 8. Yeah, because 8, and by the way, they don't want us to call it 8. I, yeah, I don't know. Village. They, they recognize that it's the eighth in the mainline series. They even conceptually show the eight in the word village with V-I-I-I. -I -I. But during but the presentation, they said, we, we don't refer to it as eight. And, you know, we refer to it as village. So whatever. Resident Evil 8. Uh, it is a direct sequel to seven. So if you like the Ethan and Mia storyline, right, in, in seven, that picks up. This is some years after. It looks like Ethan and Mia have maybe like settled down and are getting ready to have a kid or whatever, uh, and then picks up there. But then Chris Redfield is back in play. We might see. We've seen some nods that possibly we might see some other characters. Uh, Chris now working for Blue Umbrella, a company he was always suspicious of, even though they were supposed to be the cleanup crew behind the Umbrella Corporation. So yeah, a lot going on here. Brush up on your seven lore as you go into into eight here. Uh, Jason, what do you think? Are you a Resident Evil fan? Did you play seven? Uh, by the way, this game's phenomenal in VR. I just have to say that. <laughs> it is absolutely phenomenal in VR. I think I remember playing a little bit of Resident Evil 1 back on the PlayStation. Oh my that's, that's my entire Resident Evil experience. Oh, my God. I was looking for something a, a little more current. Than that. Just not a franchise I've gotten into. Because back then the controls were so awful. Yeah, I know it's better now. I know. But still, yeah. Wait, I, wait, I, wait, 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 wait. You play World of Tanks and war games all the time. Those controls were tank controls. I mean, they were turn left, turn right, forward, and backward. Uh, How sure, do you, that works for how, how how are you mad about those controls? Yeah, GTA 1 was like that, too, and it sucked. But anyway. Uh, but I did get a lot of impressions. First off, I'm watching the Eurogamer video. Watching, you know, the link article you linked to, they did impressions along the side there, so that yeah. was pretty cool. And also, Twitter artists I follow on Twitter all over that tall lady. Like, just, she's... she's she's They're in love with her, basically. The maiden. <laughs> what I can tell. So, the maiden. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, by the way, there is a demo on PlayStation 5 called The Maiden right now. It is available. It is only on the PlayStation 5. So if you're playing on anything else, including the PlayStation 4, sorry, you're asked out. Uh, so all two of you who have a PS5 right now, congratulations. Right. So you will, you can play that now. A future demo is going to come out on others, but it'll be different than this demo. I played through The Maiden today. Uh, it is all of 
if you if you really are just there's no combat it is it's a visual example a visual tour basically you start in a dungeon and you work your way up to basically like the first floor of this mansion castle whatever the hell you're in the maiden refers to it as her castle in the in the trailer that we're watching uh so all in all if you were just trying to complete it uh, five minutes right uh, it's super super short super super short you pick up a couple objects you make your way through a couple of doors and and one one little jump scare ish type thing and you're done uh if you are spending time looking at the environment and just getting the ambiance and stuff i probably which is what i was doing i probably took me maybe 15 minutes so it's not like there's a whole ton there you're not missing out on on a lot of anything the maiden does make her appearance at the end I gotta say, Jason, I liked, I love the Resident Evil franchise. I really, really liked Seven, even though I didn't think I was going to when we initially saw that released. I was upset that it had gone first person and thought I wasn't gonna like it. Ended up loving it. Can't wait for this to continue. Um, and I'm even more excited because you know me and vampires, Jason, and that is. This the maiden and her housemates, whoever they are, uh, they her are daughters. clearly of the vampire variety. Oh, that's right, her daughters. They that is in a note there. Um, they are clearly vampires, uh, and so I'm all on board for this one. I can't wait. May seventh, it comes out. It is a day one purchase for me. Uh, I absolutely cannot wait. Jason, I feel but like I, you're you're not buying this at all. I bet you really can't wait for the multiplayer. And we're going to talk about that in a second. <laughs> Before we get into that, this is, mean, my, this is my current hype train for 2021 right now. Uh, Village is the one I'm jumping on board. Just like Cyberpunk, I'm not pre-ordering. I'm not going to buy it till it comes out, and I'll see what the final result is. Yeah, I haven't pre-ordered it or anything this either. Is my, this is my hype train game for right now. I, yeah. I only have room for one vampire game this year, and that's going to be Masquerade. Vampire yeah, Masquerade. if we still see it this year. I mean, we were supposed yeah, to see it know. last year. <laughs> that is a possibility. We were supposed to see it last year. In 2025. And now certain people don't even work there. Uh, yeah, so that's fun. The other big thing we kind of got from this, by the way, we did get a release date. I should say that, May 7th uh, for Resident Evil Village. We, oh God. We, we got a, a trailer for R, uh, RE-verse or Reverse. <laughs> uh how cute um this is the multiplayer component coming with eight now with eight there's also a bundle where if you don't have seven you'll be able to buy seven and eight in a bundle which i think is great i think that's a fantastic little bundle for those that haven't played it um but this is the multiplayer pvp component now there was one in the Resident Evil 2 remake, I think. Is that what it was? Was it the 2 or the 3 remake? One of those two had a, a multiplayer mode in it. Chat, maybe you can remind me. It was it was either the RE2 or RE3 remakes. And uh, it, it was bad. Generally, the multiplayer stuff within the Resident Evil universe is pretty bad. This trailer is very short. Even just watching this trailer, I'm like, man, that needs a lot of work. Like the, I like the like art style. It's almost Borderlands-ish. The way the the characters are are animated and and bold around there. But I just, Jason, I don't understand why they feel the need to like cram these free multiplayer modes into Resident Evil remakes or Resident Evil Eight. It's just a live service, and they just assume to say just stop. You're calling it free. Wait till the loot boxes come out. Nobody cares. Know your audience. Oh my god. Yeah. We nobody plays Resident Evil for this shit. No. No. I mean, it just if you want a spooky oh, yeah. horror vampire PvP game, revive Nosgoth. Right? Thank you. <laughs> you actually did it right. Yeah, no shit. What was the what was the one on Steam? Do you remember that one? That was specifically multiplayer. Oh, excuse me. Nosgoth. No, 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 no. <laughs> Resident Evil one. Uh, um, no, Resident Evil multiplayer. I don't know. I don't know. It's probably dead. <laughs> Stake through the heart and everything. It was one where like the some you you could be umbrella agents. Um, I'm, I can be an umbrella agent. I can be whatever I want to be. Holy crap! Reverse is what seventy nine. It's eighty dollars. No, it's free with the purchase of Village. 
That's why I think it's pre-purchase village. Oh, pre-purchase yeah, village. It's, it's with, a village okay, pre-purchase. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's free for when I saw free to play, I was like, Save "Fuck, money, I'm gonna have to cover this on MMO Bomb." And then I was like, "Oh, it's free with purchase of this." Okay, good. Okay, good. I don't want to cover this. Don't pre-purchase video games. No. Uh, well, I mean, there were some other small tidbits in there too. The showcase was nice. You can watch the whole thing on their YouTube channel. It's actually not very long. I think it was like half hour maybe so uh but check it out and may 7th we will definitely be streaming resident evil 8 looking forward to it uh we've talked about viewers and such increased uh, over the uh, time with covid in on twitch and youtube and things like that and we've also kind of talked about the revenue from a company's standpoint individual companies doing very well uh whether it was blizzard on previous shows or some other ones but we now have reporting, Jason, from TechCrunch that video game spending as a whole, which I think is more interesting than looking at an individual company's numbers, uh, is up tw an astounding 27% in 2020. Is that all? You, 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 <laughs> <not> all. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't more. 27%. What is that? This is coming from, uh, who did this? This is... Uh, Those ver these are, NP the figures are NPD, yeah. NPD, NPD yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to see what they what uh, Superdata told us. Superdata said that the percentage increase was pulling up their thing. Hardware now. increased 38 percent year over year for December to 1.3 billion dollars. They only said 12 percent in Superdata. So yeah, Superdata has always been a little suspect to me. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. They they forgot World of Warcraft existed that one year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was which was nuts. Which was nuts. Yeah. Software and accessories up 25% in December, 27% for the entire year. Hardware, 38% year over year. Highest figure since the $1.3 hit in December 2013, the year the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 arrived. And just think, those numbers, I, to your point of, is that all, Jason? Probably those numbers would be a lot higher if the PS5 and Xbox uh, Series X were had just generally been available, Troy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Could you imagine, like, if you could get your hands on some of the things that were driving some of these numbers, like a PS5 and all two of you can play the, the Village demo? <laughs> the Switch had a bit of a rough, uh, rough year at the beginning. Uh, you know, that's a three-year-old console at this point. But then it just, like, rocketed to the top after Animal Crossing came out. Mm -hmm. I mean, just straight to the top there, of the list. There were people around me who I didn't even know had an interest in gaming whatsoever who all of a sudden were walking around with switches in their hands 24-7 playing Animal Crossing. I'd never seen anything like that. Yep. Um, what else we got? Two more things, then we'll uh, wrap it up with the Game of the Week segment and call it a week. Uh, PUBG's parent company, Crafton, going public. Uh, now, this company also does Terra, for those of us in the MMORPG world, uh, but you probably know it for PUBG. Bloomberg reporting uh, pretty big numbers for the initial public offering that I don't know if I agree with, Jason. What, what do they got here as their prediction? They have uh, 27.2 billion. I mean, PUBG's, Which, PUBG's big, no doubt. PUBG's no big. But what was, uh, what was Daybreak, just as an example? Let's give an example of that from a couple, couple months ago. That was, that was a three, what, 300 million? <laughs> That's just off the top of my head. Did I get it right? Was it 300 million? Oh, God, I don't even remember. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> I think you might be in the vicinity, though. I think that's about yeah, it. Yeah, Planetside Developer Daybreak has been bought for 300 million. Yeah, 300 million. million. Yeah, and so, some of that was stock, actually. <laughs> so maybe, maybe 20. I mean, I know PUBG, if this was like four, three, four years ago and PUBG was getting like 3 million people every every moment on Steam, then maybe. Right now, though, maybe that's a bit on the high side, even with other stuff around like Terror and whatnot. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be down a little bit. that. From Troy, that. you buying stock? Look, if I was them and I thought that my stock would sell for that, I'd probably sell it too. 
No, I'm not gonna sell no stock. I'm not gonna buy no you stock. You had you I'm had not- choice words for fans of PUBG and Terra and stuff on the free to play cast. I'll repeat here for for those of you who think, oh, well, this is going to be a huge offering, and they're going to bring in just boatloads of money, and it's going to be great for the game because they're going to have this huge influx of cash, and they can bring in developers and bring in people to create content for these games, and it's really going to trickle down to the games and be great for us. No, no, it's not. It never does. Uh, it's never going to trickle down to you. It's not going to change your life whatsoever. They're just going to pay these bonuses out to all the CEOs and executives. Then the shareholders are going to have to get their little piece of the pie. And then they start pressing, pressing, pressing for more and more and more money. And you start getting worse and worse and worse content because they need it to come out. We got to make money now. We got to make money now. Oh, where's the paywall? Where's the paywall? Put it in the cash shop. Here we go. That's what you're going to get. This is not an improvement for us the gamer unfortunately at all i'd like to say he's wrong jason but i don't think yeah. he is i mean these games already have uh, particularly terra right published under GameForge in eu and now also in the united states with the closure of enmas entertainment they already have a pretty tarnished rep let's say as far as the monetization there i, I can't believe making it public and putting shareholders in place that really doesn't end well, right? Look at Activision, look at EA, and the decisions that get made in that environment. Project Red. In twenty twelve, in twenty twelve, I crapped all over Terra. Eight years later, I'm right. Nine years later, <laughs> there you go. That's all it took. I don't think that applies. You can't. I said that game would close, and thirteen years after it opened, that fucker closed. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I live long enough to see World of Warcraft die so I can say I was right. I was right. That game was garbage. (laughs) It's 2073. I called it. So this was going to be a bigger portion of today's show until it wasn't a bigger portion of today's show. (laughs) Um, So we'll sign off with this. Uh, Microsoft decided it was going to double the price of Xbox Live Gold services. Now, they don't sell the 12-month thing by themselves anymore unless you have an auto-recurring 12-month thing. So for its one-month, three-month, and six-month price things that they do sell uh, directly, you can still get the 12 months other ways, but directly, they were going to double the price of those things. Really, this was a marketing push to try and get you into the Game Pass, particularly the Game Pass Ultimate Bundle, because then when you compared the dollars, you were like, well, I might as well just spend $30 more a year and get this than $60 a year or more and not get it type deal. Uh, but a mere 15, little less than 15 hours after that decision was made public, it was rolled back, rolled back from the Xbox website. We have messed up today and you were right to let us know. Connecting and playing with friends is a vital part of gaming and we failed to meet the expectations of players who count on it every day. As a result, we have decided not to change Xbox Live Gold pricing. We're turning this moment into an opportunity to bring Xbox Live more in line with how we see the player at the center of their experience. For free to play games, you will no longer need an Xbox Live Gold membership to play those games on Xbox. We're working hard to deliver this change as soon as possible in the coming months. If you're an Xbox Live Gold member already, you stay at your current price for renewals. New and existing members can continue to enjoy Xbox Live Gold for the same prices they pay today, uh, and then gives the the retail prices for those bundles. Uh, smart recall. Smart recall on on their part. Financial decision. Yeah. Who, like, where did you think this was going? Revenues are up. Everybody's playing more games. Everybody's spending more money on games. We can make even more off of people at a time where they're they're using their extra money in these games mm-hmm. to get away from the real world as an escape mechanism and enjoying themselves. And you're like, oh, we can make. Let's up your let's up your fees. Let's up your fees since you're playing so much. We're going to charge you more money now. What a great idea that was. You know what I wish would have happened? I wish they'd have stuck to this. And suddenly, in like 30 days, Sony goes, guess what? Millions of PlayStation 5s are now available. (laughs) Guess who would have made all of the money in the world? Well, and that was a kind of, I I have to believe, Jason, a deciding factor in this is because when you look at PlayStation service and even Nintendo's service, their online service, 
You don't need those things to play free-to-play games. You and I on MMO Bomb have wondered for years why the free-to-play is locked behind the gold live membership on Xbox. It's never made any sense to us. Glad that that is changing for free-to-play games. Uh, but yeah, yeah, when you look at their services, they're all relatively in the same ballpark as far as fees. Mm -hmm. And granted, these fees, particularly in the Xbox, haven't changed in years and years and years in some cases. But... You know, neither has really what they offer either. There hasn't been any broad expanse of what is offered in these programs. And I think it made sense to me why they might do this to try and push towards Game Pass and, and Game Pass Ultimate in particular. But when I saw that the price was doubled, I was like, wow, that's really aggressively trying to push people into Game Pass. So I'm trying to figure out though, is that because I've heard some people say it's like been doubled since this time last year or something. Because if you look at what they crossed out down there, they just increased some of the things by one dollar by five dollars. So I think the doubling wasn't necessarily what they were announcing like going to go into effect. I think it was double from what it had been in recent times, from what I can get. Because if you look at what they crossed out in that in that press in that press release down there. That said, yeah, any price increase, especially this time of year, this time of this time of economy, is going to go down poorly. And I've heard that the reason they did the free, they tossed the free-to-play announcement in here, was because they wanted to get a little more good PR in, a, in, a, in alignment with this. It was already in the works, and it's still going to be several months before they actually push that button to make that happen. But they just tossed it out there to try and build a little more good PR to counteract all the backlash that they got recently. Uh, yeah, the, the doubling comes from looking at the six month is, is what it was. If, if you look at the, cause currently right now it's $60 a year. I have the Xbox live gold for annual renewal. So mine would have stayed, uh, at 59.99 retail for 12 months, but they don't sell the 12 month thing anymore by themselves. Uh, okay. This would have made, six months for that. Oh, right. Okay. This would have made the six months 59.99. Gotcha. So to so get for that, a full year, it would have absolutely been doubling. It would okay. have been 100% doubled. Yes. So okay, okay. Uh, that's where the it's doubling in price comes from is looking at that one year membership, uh, which you would need to buy two six month memberships to obtain now. Good reversal. Yeah, the free to play is yeah, absolute PR move. So like I said, would have taken up more of the show, but now you don't have to worry about it. And if you have an Xbox, we would have talked about it so much more. Yeah, and if yeah, well, actually, you, I, I also you do have to worry about it because it's coming in some form or another. Oh, absolutely. Here, they'll try again. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Game Pass and the way it's working, like we all pitched a bitch when the Xbox One was going to be uh, strictly DRM. Remember? And mm. now look at where it is, and it's like they've they're still going there. They're just doing it a little piece at a time now, so that it becomes palatable and acceptable and then all of a sudden you know it's too late it's why i get i got on that whole diatribe do not buy these digital only consoles don't do it those numbers of sales are going to be used to justify bad decisions you aren't going to like later don't do it let's slide over and do our games of the week All right. Uh, this week, I'll go first. I think mine was pretty transparent. I'm going to go with Hitman 3. I'm playing it on the PS5, but it really doesn't matter what uh, you play it on. If you enjoy the Hitman series, this is fantastic. Lots of throwbacks to Hitman 1 and Hitman 2. Some fantastic, actually, story, which is really weird, because normally the story's been subpar at best in the Hitman series, just ancillary. Uh, but a lot of good story in here so far. I haven't beaten it yet, uh, but I do hear there's a, a pretty nice ending that uh, is a little bit surprising, so I can't wait to get there. But uh, fantastic gameplay, obviously tons of options, just an all-around thumbs-up for me right now. What up? What do you got, Jason? Well, I'm going to give my game of the week to Guild Wars 2, which I've gotten back into after being out for a while. I'm playing it again and finding out my sky scale my flying mount just this past week after grinding that out over the course of a few months so it's still pretty good I, I haven't agreed with every decision that Irina has made on that but if you're looking for a pretty casual MMO something you can get into and accomplish quite a lot without having to be some elite raider or something like that it's definitely worth worth checking out Troy what do you got for us on your first ever gaming gumbo hope you enjoyed it by the way 
I did. I did enjoy myself. Phoenix Point, year one edition, uh, available on Steam. Uh, XCOM style game. Uh, a lot of the producers, developers of the very first XCOM game involved in this project. I've followed it since it was crowdfunded. I've been following it for a long time. It's had ups and downs along the way. Year one edition has been phenomenal. Great experience. It's a lot of the things I really like about XCOM as a huge XCOM fan. And a lot of things improved from XCOM, such as gunplay and the way moving and Overwatch works. Uh, you, if you get caught by an alien, you can actually stop and sort of, with the remaining movement points, reevaluate what you want to do with your life instead of just getting shot and continuing to run out into the open. Uh, a, a lot of good things going on in Phoenix Point Year One Edition, something I've really been enjoying. I did just notice Greedfall is 50% off on Humble Bundles. Oh, that game's fantastic. That in the near future. That is so good. I got that free, I think, with PlayStation Plus at some point. Mm. Fantastic game. Fantastic game. Uh, but not on the docket. You've got your three decisions. Let us know in the comments below who gave you the best recommendation for the game of the week. And let us know what you think about Xbox's insta-break pool and reversal. Uh, or your thoughts on VR in the comments below here on YouTube. Or right over on readycheckradio.com. R-A-I-D-E-O. Chat, make sure after the show you hang tight. Channel will go dark for about 30 seconds. Then we'll bring, be bringing up Torchwick. We'll be doing a little Final Fantasy VI streaming. You are at Kefka, my friend. Yeah, I had the chat tell me to stay at the safe point map because it's the last one in the game. So I we haven't even taken a look yet. I could have tried once or twice, but I wanted to have the whole thing in one stream. So we're going to try here. Going to try here. Now, in games older than me, which is your segment, the game, of course, has mm -hmm. to be older than you. That's why you picked six. It was a Final Fantasy you hadn't played yet. You have now played all the way through it, with the exception of Kefka's boss. What do you think? Where is it on your list of Final Fantasies? People are going to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> I like nine more still. I think nine's better. Now, you played seven but... remake. You've done 12. You've done yes. parts of 10. Uh, you're you're yep. playing 10 right now, I think. So yes. it's still got time to move down the list, but it's not going to move yeah. any higher up the list. <laughs> no. Right now it's in second. It, it could fall, but I don't see it falling at all because it is really good. That's phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. It's what, do just, you, what do you have on, on, on the back burner here in case you like one-shot Kefka 20 minutes into your stream? Uh, well, while I doubt that, if it does happen, I do have Fallout ready. Uh, presuming, of oh, course, the original. that doesn't get angry. Yes, the original, back when it was uh, still turn-based. Nice, nice. All right, we'll be checking you out after the show, chat. Again, make sure you hang out uh, for a few minutes of post-show here because then i got to go and uh, get the stream ready for Mr. Torchwick and his Kefka fight. We will be back next week, all normal times for our shows all next week. It's the following week that things change a little bit. We'll keep you posted. Don't worry about it. Follow us on twitch.tv slash readycheckradio and on Twitter, and you'll always be in the know anyway. Until next time, Troy, where can everybody find you? Where are you doing things? Uh, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at NoobFridge because I'm kind of bouncing around between here and MMO Bomb right now. And I think I want to do a Games Older Than Me segment. Has anybody got like a uh, an original Atari or something? <laughs> I, I do, but... <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to do a but I, I was alive when that came out. So yeah, we'll have to do a date mm -hmm. check exactly to make sure that this applies. <laughs> Jason, what about you? Well, so I'd have to do, I'd have to play Pong, I think, to do games older than me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, otherwise follow me on Twitter at Winter Informal, streaming at Twitch.tv/slash Jason Winter. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me personally right there at Magic Man, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio so we can tweet at you and you'll know exactly when we're going live, who's going live, what we're doing, and come and join in all the fun. Stay safe. See you in the servers.